was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Amen. It's always a blessing to come to the house of the Lord. It's always a blessing to come and worship God. But it's also a blessing to come and receive from the Lord. And I'm going to receive my portion today. Have you come expecting to receive from God? Amen. Amen. We've started talking about faith about three weeks, two to three weeks ago. And I want us to continue along those lines. And I want to show you from scriptures what God says and that should be final in our lives. Amen. Last week I indicated to you that when God created, if you look at Genesis chapter 1, you will hear after he created everything. Day 1, he reviewed and said everything is good. Day two reviewed everything is good. And when he finished everything, everything was good. Amen. Then I asked you a question. I said, is everything good and perfect in the world we're living in now? And we all said not now. Which means something went wrong along the way. And we said it was because the devil was thrown from heaven. He used to be called Lucifer. He was the angel of praise. And then when he rebelled with the demons that he were with him, they were thrown down to the earth. The Bible says in the book of Revelation chapter 12, Woe unto the inhabitants of the earth because the devil has been thrown down to you. But what I like is that God has given us as his children authority over the works of the enemy. And you are here to be trained. The book of Psalms, we won't read it, Psalms 18.34 says, he trains my hands for battle. Amen. Amen. And you are here for training. Tell your neighbor, I'm here for training. Because there is a devil who comes to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And you can only manage if you have the power of God in your life. Can we go to First John chapter 5, 4 and 5 NLT, Mr. MJ? Let's start there. This is our text scripture. Just to show you that through your faith, you can overcome this world. You can live in victory. 1 John chapter 5, 4 and 5, Mr. MJ, NLT. For every child of God defeats this evil world. Okay, do I have children of God here? Yes. If you are a child of God, the Bible says you defeat this evil world. Mm -hmm. And we achieve this victory through our faith. So how do we defeat this world? Through our faith. That's why you need to understand what is faith and how to exercise your faith. The other time I was telling you, you need to use your faith like a mechanic uses a tool. Do you know that if you want to take out a wheel, to remove a tire from the car, without a wheel spanner, it's almost an impossible task. Isn't it? You can do everything you can, then you can say it's impossible. But when you've got the right tool, is it impossible? It's very easy. Amen? Amen? So similarly, when you have faith, which is like a tool for you to receive from God, it becomes easier because now you know how to receive from God. Amen. So it says we achieve this victory through our faith. Verse 5. And who can win this battle against the world? Mm. Only those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. So we've got an advantage. As children of God, you've got an advantage because 
You can defeat this world. And it says it's only those who believe that Jesus is the son of God. Now, the reason why our world is in such a turmoil, it's in such a turmoil and people are confused is because they are trying to solve issues on their own. A human being on your own, you are no match for the devil. He's experienced. Okay? So you can only defeat him if you believe that Jesus is the son of God. So if you are a child of God, you know how to overcome. Go with me to the book of First Peter chapter 5, verse 8 and 9 in the King James Version. I just want to show you that when the devil is thrown down here, he wants to cause chaos. He wants to cause division in your family. He will even make you fight with your close relatives. Okay? Sometimes you even fight with friends. The other time I was even saying the gender-based violence that we see. Somebody who once said they love this person a lot. You find they are killing each other. Which means there is another force. There is the devil that has come now into the picture. Okay? You know even in the beginning, after Eve was given to Adam, you remember the nice words that Adam said. This is now bone of my bones, flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she's taken out of a man. You see, he was reciting and you can see the rhyme, isn't it? Bone of my bones. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of a man. Flesh of my flesh. So imagine such an excitement. That's when God is in the sea. But a chapter later, after Eve was deceived and they ate of the forbidden fruit, how did uh, Adam view Eve? Was he bone of my bones? Flesh of my flesh. No. Is this woman whom you gave me? That's the problem. You see, the blame game started. Instead of him admitting, he says, the problem is you and the woman. Because he says, is this woman you gave me? So the two of you sorted out. It's not me. And then God went with the woman. Why did you do this? It's not me. The snake deceived me. Nobody taking responsibility. Then they went to the snake. The snake didn't have any leg to stand on. <laughs> okay, as a pun and in reality. <laughs> so, so, so the devil couldn't say, I mean, you know the, day, the snake doesn't have a, a leg to stand on. So even then, it, did, it couldn't defend itself. Okay, but they were all penalized. God didn't say because he's the snake, then you are free. You know each one of them was given their own sentence. So now go with me to this first Peter chapter 5 verse 8 and 9 in the King James Version. Because I want to show you that this devil is still here. He is roaming around. He is looking for praise. For somebody to devour. Okay? It better not be you. You remember last week we said minangek. Minangek. Not with me. Now look. Be sober. Be vigilant. Yes. So when it says be vigilant, watch out. Mm. Why? Because your adversary, the mm. devil, as a roaring lion. Okay. 
we have an adversary and his name is the devil. So the enemy is not your wife. The enemy is not your uncle. The enemy is not your husband. The enemy is not your mom. Our adversary is the devil. He may use the people close to you. But he is the one who is your enemy. It says he is roaring as a lion. But he's not a lion. You remember when we were worshiping here we said lion of Judah. There's only one lion. The lion of the tribe of Judah. And in the book of Revelation the, 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 John says there were seals that couldn't be opened. He says and I wept because there was nobody worthy to open the seals. And then he said I was told don't worry the lion of the tribe of Judah has prevailed and is worthy to open the seals. Amen. Amen. So whichever situation that you're facing, the lion of the tribe of Judah is on your side. Jesus is on my side. I've got the Jesus factor like uh, Mr. Netanyahu was saying. You see, that's the difference. As children of God, we live in this world like anybody else. We face challenges like anybody else, but you've got the Jesus factor on your side. Amen. So it says, your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion. Walketh about mm -hmm. seeking whom he may devour. Ish. Let's say ish. ish. It better not be you. Mm. Tell your neighbor it better not be you. <laughs> you see, our adversary is roaming around. We heard that he was thrown to the earth and is angry. You remember in Revelation chapter 12. So it says, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, is roaming around seeking him whom he may devour. So, what should we do? Because now, maybe we are in trouble. Mm. Uh -huh. Whom resist steadfast, steadfast in the faith. Okay. How do we deal with him? We resist him. Resist him steadfast in the faith. Mm. So, you stand your ground when the enemy comes you declare what God has said. Even when you feel like you're weak and things are not working out, things seem to be falling apart, don't be moved by what you see. Use your faith to change that situation to align with what God has said. The good thing is that the word of God doesn't change. Do you know that our situations change? Today you may be like this and tomorrow is the other way, but the word of God remains forever. So rather stick with the word that doesn't change. So it says you must resist the devil steadfast in your faith. So in other words we have what it takes to overcome the enemy. Tell your neighbor I have what it takes to resist the devil. I am more than a conqueror. The devil is under my feet. Amen. I've got the power of God in me. Amen. I've got the power of God in me. Even when you think you feel you don't feel like it, believe it. And keep on speaking it. Keep on speaking it. Let's go to the book of Luke, chapter 19. 
chapter 10 verse 19 in the passion Luke 10 19 I wanted to I want to show you that we overcome the enemy it says those who believe in Jesus they overcome this evil world they overcome the devil all your troubles come from the enemy okay he is the source of troubles he's a troublemaker okay he may use people around you Amen. So in Luke chapter 10 verse 19, the passion, Mr. MJ. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to trample over his kingdom. Hey, can you repeat that? People, listen to what Jesus says about us as children of God and the enemy who is the devil who is trying to confuse this world, who is bringing all the issues that you are concerned about, sicknesses, calamities, dangers, accidents, all the things that he may want to hurt us with. Mm. There are so many things he wants to hurt us with. But now, are we in despair? Hasn't God given us what it takes to overcome the enemy? So repeat that. Now, you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority to temple over his kingdom. So can we all say I have, I have the authority of Jesus, the authority of Jesus to trample, to trample over the kingdom of the devil. Over the kingdom of the devil. Do that even in your family. Amen. Do that wherever you are. So that wherever you go, may the glory of God move with you. Amen. May things start changing because you are there. May you start not talking like people of the world who always talk defeat. You know that when you greet people, how are you? Hey, life is tough, man. Life is tough, my brother. But you're supposed to do something about it. Amen? Because you defeat this evil world. So continue. You will trample upon every demon before you Yeah. and overcome every power certain hey. possesses. Hey, you will trample upon every demon. demon before you. We say in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I have a victory. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, I have a victory. For when I call in the name of Jesus, nothing can stand before me. Jesus, 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 I have a victory. Even when it's coming before you, you need to say nothing can stand before me. Amen. God is on my side. God said to Joshua, as I was with Moses, I will be with you. No one will be able to stand before you all the days of your life. The enemy may bring what he wants to bring, but let's keep our faith. So repeat that. You will trample. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power Satan possesses. Mm -hmm. Absolutely nothing will be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. Ish. 
we are set for life. Amen. 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 Even though the devil is still there, we have been given the authority over him. And all the things that he has been hurting you with, the Bible says he will not be able to harm you. Okay? So it means you stand your ground and say, if something comes and it harms me, it's not aligned to the word of God. Amen? Because according to this, absolutely nothing will be able to harm me as I walk in the authority. So it means if something comes and it hurts you, you need to bring that to order because it's not, it's not supposed to be like that. According to the word of God, nothing can stand before me. Nothing can harm me because God is on my side. Amen. So that's why you come here for training. We get trained so that the enemy will be able to put him under our feet. You use your faith to get your victory. So as I was thinking about this faith thing, as you go to the book of 1 Timothy chapter 6, 1 Timothy chapter 6 verse 12, New King James Version, Mr. MJ. As I was thinking about this, I thought, okay, faith. I overcome the enemy and the victory is through my faith. Yes, I can use faith to overcome the enemy. But what about when I need things from God? I also use my faith. And what I've actually picked up is that God already wants things to go well with me. Amen. The Bible says he has given me everything that pertains to life and to godliness. So it means according to God, he has already provided for me everything I need. It's only the enemy who may try to block my blessing. Okay? You remember we told you the story in the book of Daniel. When Daniel prayed. You remember the story? He prayed. And then for 21 days, his answer did not come. On day 21, the angel came to him and said, Daniel, beloved, the very first day that you prayed, your, your prayer was heard and I was sent with your answer. Which means some of you, your prayer is already answered. Okay? But then there are forces of darkness that try to stop your answer. So he says, for when I came, the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me all these 21 days until Michael the archangel. You remember we told you about Michael the archangel of war. He says until Michael the archangel came and he contended with and then I got my breakthrough. Now I'm here to bring you the answer. Which to me says God already wants things to go well with me. Amen. And I already have answers to my prayers. But there is the enemy who doesn't like things to go well with me. There is the enemy who wants me to always be crying and always hurt. Okay? And he will do all he can to, 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 to disturb my miracle. Okay? So it means I need to know how to stand my ground. 1 Timothy 6.12, New King James Version. Fight the good fight of faith. Ish. I like this. So, we have to fight, but you don't fight people. Our struggle is not against flesh and 
blood. Our struggle is against the forces of darkness. Okay? You remember in, in, in Ephesians 6 it says, Our fight is not against flesh and blood. We fight against spiritual wicked forces in the heavenly places. So even those of you who are intercessors, as you are interceding, as you are praying, you are destroying things in the heavenly realm. And then breakthroughs come in the natural. So even when you pray, sometimes you pray and you feel you still have the burden to pray and you don't feel a breakthrough yet. Don't stop until you feel in your spirit that I've got my breakthrough. Even before I can see it with my eyes, but I know it's settled now. Amen. Amen. You travail in prayers. Amen. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which we also call, called and have confessed the good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Amen. So it says fight the good fight of faith. I want to touch one point of why it's a good fight. How does it feel to fight a fight when you have already won it? It feels good, isn't it? Yeah. The Bible already says you are an overcomer. You are much more than a conqueror. Now you are asked to fight. You're fighting a winning battle. Amen. Because you are a winner. Remember the other time I gave you an example. I said it's almost like. If you are watching a match. That you already saw before. And you know who was the winner. Even if another team scores first you still know who's the winner so you relax so it doesn't matter where you are now the pressure that you are undergoing from the devil you are a winner and he is the loser amen i gave you an example also of boxing those of you who understand boxing i used to like boxing when i was growing up i like watching it not playing it Amen. It's more, it's, it's more nicer to watch boxing, not to, <laughs> not to get in the ring yourself. So I picked up that actually what counts in boxing is not how you start or how in the middle how things go. It's at the end who is down. And when you are down, if you are down in boxing and you stand up, you are not out. That's why we don't call it knock down. We call it knock out. <laughs> so if you are knocked down, tell your neighbor, I'm not out. I may be down. But I'm not out. And the good thing with our God, you see, this is what is unfair to the devil. Think of that boxing match. And it's going between you and the devil and that. And the referee is your father. Then let's say the devil gives you an uppercut and sometimes you get that uppercut, isn't it? <laughs> you miscalculated. And now you get that uppercut and you are down. And your father knows you are a winner. And he's the one who's doing the counting. How do you think he will be counting? He will go one. Allowing you to take some breath. Two. Ish. And the devil thinks this is too, this, this, 
if it's if it were me, it would have been one, two, three, four, five. It's unfair to the devil and it's fair to us. How many of you know that favor is unfair when it's not done to you? But when it's only it's for you, it's it's fair. Amen. It's only unfair when it's done to others. Amen. So it means now, if he comes and say, eight, and I stand up, and I go and fight and win, I'm a winner, isn't it? They don't say when they pronounce the results, and here, the results of this, uh, whatever fight, and so and so, who fell in round five, and fell in round seven, but ultimately won. No. They just say, and still. Even if you're... <laughs> haven't you seen the boxers? You would find like this. So don't worry. Even if you like this, but you are the champion. Amen. Amen. Actually, you know what this means? It only means I was engaged in a warfare. <laughs> it's got nothing to do with whether I'm a champion or not. So some of you maybe bruised a bit. That's just a sign that you were fighting. But you are more than a conqueror. Through Christ Jesus our Lord. So I'm saying to you it means even when you feel things are tough and you feel like you are down. You are not out. Amen. So, and when you win, they just say, and still. Amen. 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 And still. So, I'm talking also from experience. It's not that I, as your pastor, don't get attacked. But I always know how to win. So, at the end, we proclaim the victory. Amen. And the other time I told some of you, some of the tests you are going through, they look like very big tests. But it's so that you may have a big test in money. You remember the other time I told you, you cannot write the word testimony without writing the word test. So it means you first get a test, then you can get a testimony. The greater the test, the greater the testimony. Amen. Amen. So it means whatever you're going through, if you think, Pastor, this is just too much for me. This is just too much for me. It means we are heading for a too much great testimony. Amen. 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 Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life. Okay, now. With faith, let's go to Hebrews 11.1. 1. You can't talk faith and not talk Hebrews 11.1. 1. Amplified classic. Because I want to just define for you faith. So that you can understand it. I think I've defined it even the week when we started this. But as I'm connecting all this together, I want you to understand the faith principle. So read that for us, Amplified Classic, Mr. MJ, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now, faith is the assurance, mm. the confirmation, mm. the title deed yes. of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, mm -hmm. and the conviction of their reality. Mm. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. I like that last part. It says faith is perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. It means when you are walking in faith, 
you will see things that other people don't see. Okay? When you are walking in faith, you walk in the supernatural. Mr. Nathanjian, when he was encouraging us here about giving, he was talking about how when you use these principles in the spiritual, so you do something, you give your gift and all that, and God is working behind the scene, his testimony is very much of a blessing testimony. Amen? So now, if I can partner with God and then I get things like that, why can't I keep on giving? Amen? Because then I know if I partner with God, if I exercise my faith, I see things the way God sees them. And people of the world may say, no, this is not there, this is like that, but I know. Okay, let me ask you a question. The other time I told you, you hear my voice, but you can't see it, isn't it? So if you were deaf, you would have said, oh, the pastor is not speaking. Isn't it? <laughs> we don't hear anything. If you don't hear anything, does it mean I'm not speaking? It's you who can, who can receive it. So it means, even with faith, sometimes you find that we grasp something by faith, which our senses, this verse here says, what is not yet revealed to the senses. Let me make it simple. Sometimes I like making illustrations, but, but I don't have to blindfold any of you. I wanted to call one of you and blindfold you. Okay? And blindfold you and ask you, are there people here in the in church? What were you going to say? Yes. And I say, do you see them? <laughs> but, but you told me if you can't see it, it's not there. So it means even things that you cannot see, it doesn't mean they are not there. You, it's, your eyes are just not opened to see it. You remember when the servant of God, Elisha, one time the enemies were coming against him. The soldiers were coming to capture them. And he was with his servant. They were just two. In the morning when he woke up, the servant said, Behold our enemies, they are here. They are too many and they are coming to capture us. And we are in trouble. What did the man, the, the man of God say? The man of God said, There are more who are with us than they are with them. And then we count one, two. With our eyes. Then the man of God did not pray, Lord, send your angels. What did he say? Lord, open his eyes. The problem is not the angels. The problem is his eyes. He cannot see that. And the Bible says, and when the Lord opened his eyes, he saw chariots of fire all around them. They saw how much surrounded we are. You just don't know how well surrounded you are. Amen. Tell your neighbor, I'm well surrounded. The angel of the Lord encamps around me who fears the Lord. And it delivers me. Amen. So I'm well covered. So that's why I say, actually where I grew up. I grew up in rural area. Sometimes that's why some of the examples I give are from rural area. We used to hear that there are wizards and witches, and I think they are there. They are there because the Bible also talks about them. Okay? They will tell you even if your door is locked, you can come in. 
and sometimes we would be sleeping that that guys and we would be hearing around the house and and then you are afraid and we just didn't know what to do okay until i found jesus until i accepted jesus as my lord and savior i remember this specific testimony i will give you just like mr netanyan gave you his <laughs> i used to be very much afraid of you know the thing called ndazi in our language ndazi inventor and i think in english they call it lightning <laughs> they think it's a lightning no there are some which are lightning but there are some <laughs> which is because of people okay now i used to be very much afraid of that thing because i thought if it's raining where should you be you can't be outside the house you must go in and those time we used to live in thatched houses and even if it's raining there will be fire <laughs> so i was very much afraid of that thing and i just didn't know what to do but after i accepted jesus i remember i told my mother this way you know we used to plow and that so i just said to her mommy do you know that now i'm not afraid of ndazi i was talking it out loud Hey. <laughs> must keep quiet. Be- people will show you man. I said no mommy. I know they can't do me anything now. I found something. I found Jesus. Amen. Amen. Because now I knew that I'm well covered. Okay? I knew that Jesus was on my side. And my mother didn't feel it was the right move to do that. But I said it. And now you know what's surprising. Even if I go to rural areas now those they are no more there. Because I was saying let them try this time. This time I know how to fight. I know that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run unto it and they are safe. So I was going to now so now I look for opportunity and they don't come. Because I wanted to arrest some of those wizards which is because now I've got the power Amen. Because I've now been given the authority. So when you are a child of God, you have this authority. So it says your faith is perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. So it means when I'm exercising faith, I'm not walking by my senses. Uh, Mr. Norki, does your car still have we walk by faith or not by sight? Okay. So He says second Corinthians 5:7. He says, "We walk by faith, not by sight." So it means my life is dictated to by what I believe, not by what I see. So if my situation doesn't change, that's its problem because I know what I believe, and things have to ultimately align to what I believe. So it means I'm only moved by God's word not by my circumstances go with me to the book of Romans 10:17 Romans 10:17 New King James version <coughs> moved by God's word Romans 10:17 so then 
Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So now do you see how faith comes? Faith doesn't come by having your situation looking better. <laughs> you know that some of you we pray for you or you pray yourself. And instead of you saying I'm healed by the stripes of the Lord Jesus just based on the word, hey, I'm not feeling better pastor or I'm feeling better that's why I believe. Is that faith? If you if you're believing because you feel better, ha, the devil will play games with you. Amen. Yeah, he will take away the thing that you were relying on to feel better. Now you feel it's getting worse. But has the word changed? The word doesn't change. So if my faith is based on the word of God, it means I am like Mount Zion. The Bible says the righteous are like Mount Zion, which cannot be moved. I am steadfast. I am resolute because my faith is based on the word. So let's look at it in Romans chapter 4, verse 16 to 21. We'll pick speed a bit because this one I'd already shared with you. But I'm connecting it because it's connecting very well to show you that our faith is not based on circumstances. Our faith is based on God's word to change our circumstances. Amen. Romans 4, 16 to 21, King James Version, Mr. MJ. So, the other time I told you about that word faith, I looked it in the Greek. I told you I've got Greek and Hebrew Bible. Sometimes I check them just to see the original verse word. So I said that word faith was the word pistis, which means conviction or persuasion. So when you are fully convinced, when you are fully persuaded, it doesn't matter how other people are viewing it. You know. Amen. You know. Even when people try and mock you and say, do you think hallelujah will do this and this for you? You know. Don't worry if they mock your faith. It's because they can't see. And they want to wait for seeing first. So Romans chapter 4, 16 to 21, King James Version. Therefore, it is of faith. Yes, it is of faith. faith. Mm -hmm. That it might be by grace. Uh -huh. To the end, the promise might be sure to all the seed. So, it's faith and there is a promise here. Uh -huh. Not to that only which is of the law, mm. but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all. Okay, let's look at Abraham's faith. Verse 17. As it is written, yeah. I have made thee a father of many nations. I want you to look at that. So, I told you the other time I said that word, word, when it says faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. It said is the word rhema, which means the spoken word or the revealed word. Now here it says as it is written. So I told you the written word is regarded as logos. Okay. So your faith can come from what is written. And you can overcome the enemy from what is written. And that's what Jesus did. He did not debate with the devil. He said it is written. It is written and he overcame the enemy. So it says, as it is written. So you can have your faith by what is written. What was written? I have made you a father of many nations. So if the word, if the word of God already says something about my body, that I'm healed, I believe that. Because it is written. Before him whom he believed, mm. even God who quickeneth the dead 
and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Yes, God calls things that be not as though they were. And he calls things into being. That's what you do with your faith. With your faith, you call things that are not there to become. Okay? You call them into manifestation. When I call a health in my body, if sickness is trying to occupy my body, I say, devil, no. I receive my health. I walk in divine health. I call divine health in my body. Even when my body doesn't feel like it. Who against hope believed in hope mm. that he might become the father of many nations. Okay, who against hope believed in hope. So sometimes your situation would be hopeless. But what will give you hope? Because it's written. Yes. If you were to look on your situation, you would say it's hopeless. But you know something beyond your situation. Continue. According to that which was spoken. Okay. According to that which was so we had. According to that which was written. written. Mm. But it's also according to that which was spoken. What was spoken? So shall thy seed be. Okay. What was written? On top there. I have made thee a father of many nations. Okay. And now, what was spoken? So shall thy seed be. be. Uh-huh. Mm. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. Okay. I like that. Why I like it in the King James, this particular verse, is because other verses talked about he considered. He considered that. He considered his body. No. When you want to exercise your faith, don't consider your circumstances. Mm. Because you will be discouraged. Mm. I told some of you, <laughs> if I'm attacked with sickness and I'm not feeling well in my body, even if my body is feeling hot, I don't take a thermometer and try and check. Because if I check and see that is very high, it just threatens me more. So rather, I consider not this, and rather I go and look at the weight. Because the more I look at my circumstance, it won't change. You remember when the people rebelled, the children of Israel as they were moving, they rebelled, and then they were beaten by snakes. You remember the serpent story? They were beaten by serpents. And then to save them, God said to Moses, make a, snake, a serpent and put it on a pole. And everyone who looks to this serpent, which was a type of Christ hanging on the cross, will leave. So it means when they were beaten, if they considered their situation and focused on it, they would die. But everybody who looked at the cross lived. So it means similarly, even in your own situation, instead of spending time looking at your situation, spend time looking at the cross. Spend time looking at what is written. Spend time looking at your promises. So it says, continue. He considered not his own body now dead mm. when he was about a hundred years old, mm. neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. Yeah. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. So it means when he didn't consider his own body now dead, nor yet the deadness of Sarah's womb, he was considering what? The promise of God. It says he staggered not at the promise of God. So in other words, instead of considering those things, he considered only what was written. 
Continue. But was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Mm. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. So it says he was fully persuaded. I told you that the word faith is persuasion, persuaded, or conviction, convicted. Okay? Now it says he was fully persuaded. What? That what God had promised, he was able also to perform. So he was holding on to the promise, not on what he could see. Okay? So it means even in your faith, hold on to the promise. Whatever God has promised, hold on to that promise. Keep on holding to it even when your situation is getting worse on the outside. I told you that the problem with depending on things getting better and then your faith gets boosted. The devil will play games with you and you will be played. Okay? And then, because you think, because now it's getting better. Now, yeah, hey, now, now I've got faith because it's getting better. No. Your faith should be based on what God has said, not on what you see. Can I give you an example? Let's go to the book of Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 17 and 18. We'll do it in the ERV. Easy to read version. I want to show you something because I checked this and I saw it in easy to read and I liked it. Because it doesn't talk about God testing Abraham. It talks about God testing Abraham's faith. There's a difference between testing somebody and testing their faith. Okay? I will show you where the trick is. So, it's Hebrews 11, 17 and 18 ERV. God tested Abraham's faith. Oh. Why did God test? Abraham's faith. Okay. Now, you saw where we read in, 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 in Romans chapter 4. It talks about, he was told, you will be a father of many nations so shall thy seed be, all those things. And at that time, he didn't have a single child. You remember that? So, in the natural, he did not have anything. But his name was changed to Abraham, which means the father of multitudes. So, some of you, you need to start changing your names to speak your faith. Amen? Amen. So, even when people, how do you think people who were next to Abraham were saying? Because he used to be called Abraham. And after that, God changed his name. He said, from now on, you will be called Abraham, father of multitudes. Imagine he was walking around and people were saying, hey, father of multitudes. Maybe some, maybe the wife calling him, father of multitudes. The neighbor was saying, hi. <laughs> Things are getting worse now. <laughs> they realize they can't get a child. Now they are starting to call themselves as if they have a child. Hey, father of multitude. Father of many children. And the neighbors were saying, is this called faith? You have to be realistic. Let them keep on mocking you. They will see. As they come back later, they will see there is an Isaac. Now Isaac was born out of promise, you know that. Now, how do you think, okay, before Isaac was born, and Abraham and Sarah, they were trusting God for a child. Actually, they were not trusting God for a child, for children, because they were called, they were going to have 
multitude of children and he says your children will be like the sand of the in the sea they will be like stars in the heavens that you can't count now now we after a long long walk of faith ultimately they get a promised child Isaac how do you think Abraham's faith how do you think Abraham started feeling it's working now it's working now okay he believed according to what was spoken and according to what was written he did not believe according to what he saw now when Isaac is there look at the test now <laughs> read so god tested abraham's faith what is the test now god told him to offer isaac as a sacrifice how ah mm. was that not now our hope it was eh mm. so he is saying to abraham you you need to believe me for what i have said not what because you see some improvement in your hand okay because this was the improvement isn't it yeah and god wants to take the improvement away to say i want you your faith to be based on what i have promised you you need to keep on holding to it whether things are getting better or not getting better you know you believe my word so continue Abraham obeyed because he had faith. Ha, I like this. <laughs> you see faith. So if it were some of you. <laughs> you are going to do everything to make sure that Isaac doesn't get sacrificed. Actually when you had you had an Ishmael. <laughs> you would have easily suggested to God. They they said that one year I can do. <laughs> His name is Ishmael. No, he says I want that one. The one way now you think that things are getting better. I want to see if your faith is really dependent on me. And now it says Abraham obeyed God because he had faith. So Abraham was saying my faith is not based on Isaac or no Isaac. My faith is based on what God has promised. So repeat that Abraham Abraham obeyed because he had faith. Mm -hmm. He already had the promise promises from God. You see the answer. Abraham obeyed God because he had faith. What did he have? He already had the promises from God. Mm. So if I already know what God has said, I'm sorted. Whether my situation is getting better or getting worse, I'm sorted. Mm. Amen? Amen. Because I already have the promise from God. Mm. Mm -hmm. And God had already said to him. <laughs> hey, look at this. I think this one, the ERV excelled here. It's showing you God had already anyway said. <laughs> because the thing is that it means whatever is happening now is immaterial. Mm. Because God has already said something. God has already promised me something. Mm. God had already said to him, it is through Isaac that your descendants will come. So now do you see the trick? Mm. Now God says offer Isaac. But God had already said 
It is through Isaac that your descendants will come. Now if God says offer Isaac and Isaac is killed, whose problem is it? Problem. <laughs> it's God who must solve his problem. So some of you, you, you get into trouble because you try to be God. You try to help God as if God is your younger sister. Okay? God is God. And by the way, that word God means the self-existent one. God has been God before you were born. He will remain God even after you are gone. So it's not your business to try and help God. You remember the one story I said, I, I like the thing that um, the father of Gideon said, and he was called Jerubal because the other time Gideon destroyed the images of Baal. And the worshippers of Baal came to Gideon's father and said, we want your son, we want to, 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 uh, to discipline him because he has destroyed our God, Baal. And then... <laughs> The father of Gideon said, I think you are the ones who must be put to trouble. Because do you think God can be defended? Don't you think you are bringing a shame to God? You want to fight for God? If Baal is God, let him fight for himself. And I think that's a powerful statement. So for me, my God is God. He fights for himself. He is Jehovah. He's mighty warrior. Great in battle, Jehovah is your name. That's Exodus 15. When the, 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 the Egyptians were chasing the Israelites and they came to the Red Sea and Moses pointed at the Red Sea and the Red Sea parted and the Israelites walked and when they crossed, the Egyptians were coming with their chariots. And all of a sudden, they started feeling their chariots were pulling very hard. And the wheels were almost like getting stuck and getting off. And they started saying to one another, their gods are fighting for them. This, we just can't handle this. But it was too late. Because they were already in the middle. And then Moses pointed back. His uh, uh, stuff. And then the miracle was finished. So if you just ride on other people's miracle not knowing how it has come about. <laughs> so you just hear other people saying things and you just say this, you just copy. Because the miracle was now finished and now you are in the middle. And then they were all swallowed. And in Exodus chapter 15, the Bible says, Miriam took a tambourine and she started declaring the goodness of the Lord. She said, Jehovah is your name. Mighty warrior, great in battle. Our enemies were coming against us, but you swallowed them up. Amen. Because you are God, you are mighty. Continue. We need to finish this part. But Abraham others. was ready to offer his only son. Mm. He did this because he had faith. Ish. He was ready to offer his only son. He did this because he had faith. And it says, Actually, Abraham was even saying God will solve his problem. If, Ab if Isaac can be killed, God will have to raise him from the dead. Because he said it will be through Isaac. So the good thing with being a Christian ch children of God is you are not responsible to make the promise of God come to pass. Your part is only to believe. You only believe what God has said. You are not accountable 
for things being manifested. It's not your responsibility. Your responsibility is only to believe. You remember in the book of Mark chapter 5 when uh, somebody came from the ruler of the synagogue's house when Jesus was delayed from uh, when Jesus was delayed to go to the house to heal the daughter because he was with the woman with the issue of blood. You remember the story? The Bible says people from his house came and they were saying, don't trouble the master anymore. Your daughter is dead. It means it's too late. The Bible says when Jesus overheard them, he said to this man, don't be afraid. Only believe. The only thing I need from you is your faith. Hold your faith and I will do the rest. Can you tell your neighbor, hold your, hold your faith. And Jesus will do the rest. Do the rest. Amen. Amen. So it's actually God. He, it's, with God nothing is too hard. That's what Jeremiah says. That we walk by faith and not by sight. I said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 verse 7. We won't read it. I want us to now, as I'm drawing to a close on today's one, we're beginning our descent, but we're not landing yet. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 53, because I want to make it even more practical by looking at healing as one of the aspects where you can exercise your faith. Whatever you're trusting God for, but we also want to show you how faith works, even when it comes to healing. Okay? Isaiah chapter 53, 1-5, King James Version. Mr. MJ, Isaiah 53, 1-5, King James Version. Who has believed our report? Okay. Who has believed our report? report. So it's mm. either the promises or the word or the report. Mm. But there is something that's already said. So when my situation comes... It's coming when God has already said something. You know, even when the devil went to, to tempt Eve, he came, he started asking things when God had already said something. And Eve chose to believe the devil instead of believing the word that he was given by God to say they mustn't eat of that tree. Okay? So even in your own situation, when your situation comes, it's coming after God has already said something about your situation. Do you believe that report? Continue. And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? So you need the revelation of God's arm in your life. Mm. Like that man who was told, who, uh, the master said, open his eyes, and then he could see. Continue. For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground. He has no form, no comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we shall desire him. Mm. He is despised and rejected of men, mm. a man of sorrows, and acquainted with grief. Mm. And we hid as it were our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. So Isaiah is prophesying about how Jesus would be hanging on the cross. And yet he says he had no form of comeliness that we would desire of him. So it, it was like, yes, he was really, you wouldn't, he was rejected, he was despised, he was put to shame, everything. But why was that? 
surely he has borne our griefs so it means the grief that he was bearing was not his mm. whose grief was it ours my mm. continue and carried our sorrows when he was carrying the sorrows whose sorrow was it ours my mm. so he carried it mm. mm-hmm. yet we did esteem him stricken smitten of god and afflicted yeah but he was wounded for our transgressions whose transgression was he wounded for mine mine mm. uh-huh. he was bruised for our iniquities whose iniquities was he being bruised for mine mine mm. so i should have been on the cross i should mm. have been punished mm. but he took my punishment uh-huh. the chastisement of our peace was upon him mm-hmm. And with his stripes we are healed. Hey. Amen. I like that. So with his stripes we are healed. So those of you who have watched the Passion of Christ now when they were beating him and then some flesh coming out. That was so that I mustn't feel the pain of sickness. So he took my pain. He took my sickness. And with his stripes I'm healed. First Peter 2.24 King James Version says, who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we being dead to sins should live unto righteousness, by whose stripes you were healed. Now, simple. On the cross, Jesus did two things. He took our sins and he took our sicknesses. Now, for most Christians, it's very easy to believe that Jesus died for their sins. But they find it difficult to believe that he took their sins their sicknesses it's the same cross okay it's the same cross you don't say when you want to believe god when you accept jesus you don't say if it's god's will he, my sins he will he will forgive my sins no you say i believe that my sins are forgiven jesus died for my sins so even when it comes to healing it shouldn't be if it's god's will he will heal me. Now, do you think it will not be his will when Jesus paid for it? Jesus has already paid for it. It will be injustice for you and Jesus to pay for the same thing. If Jesus has paid for it, I'm not going to pay for it. Amen. I'm not going to pay for it because Jesus has already paid for it. So it means just with the word. Some of you struggle to say, but can I be healed just by speaking the word or just by hands being laid on me? Pastor, you've got to be practical. Okay. The things of God work the way that God said they would work. How did God create the light, the sun and the moon in the beginning? When In the beginning? He only said, he used this word. He just said, let there be light. And there was light. Imagine if it was you. And I told you the other time that I'm glad that we were not created until day six. Because when God was creating that, there would have been a lot of suggestions about how many megawatts of power do we need. Because otherwise, if we don't have enough megawatts, it will run, it will run out of power along the way. We mean all the years, many, many years, without recharging. <laughs> Will it work? But God just says, let there be light. And there was light. 
So that's how God creates things. He just speaks them into being. You as a child of God, you can create things the same way. You speak what God has said and it comes to pass. Amen. Look at this practical one. Matthew chapter 8. Verse 5 to 10. King, New King James Version. And we'll do 13 to 17. Then I'll try and get a landing scripture. Matthew chapter 8, 5 to 10, New King James Version. It's frozen. Okay. Okay. Blessed are the meek. No, no. Matthew chapter 8, verse 5 to 10, New King James. Let me go for it. Now, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him pleading with him, saying, Lord, my servant is lying at home paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. You see this centurion, his servant was paralyzed and dreadfully tormented. When people are tormented, we need to go to Jesus. But if you think maybe it's God trying to teach to teach my servant a lesson. Maybe he's teaching him something. Is, is it? When he has taken it away? Because it says here, Lord, my servant is lying at home, paralyzed, dreadfully tormented. And Jesus said, I'll come and heal him. Jesus is the healer. Tell your neighbor, Jesus is the healer. He is not the tormentor. Yeah. So when our people are lying at home dreadfully tormented, it's not Jesus. We need to go to Jesus and Jesus says, I'll come and heal him. And the centurion answered and said, Lord, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. But, <laughs> I like this centurion. It seems like he was attending uh, Jesus the Savior Church. <laughs> Look at how he's answering. Look at how he's answering Jesus. It's like he was attending here. He says, but only speak a word. A word. You see now? And my servant will be healed. So he says, there's not even a need for you to trouble yourself and coming under my roof. Speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Which means for all of us, our miracle is as close as our mouth. Your miracle is as close as your mouth. Okay? Speak the word only. So he says, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. And now he, he, he gives Jesus a bit of a lesson. He says, for I'm a man under authority. So he's trying to, to prove to Jesus. Jesus already knew that speaking the word works. But he's trying to convince Jesus now. For I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say to this one, go. And he goes. And I say, come. And he comes. And I say to my servant, do this. And he does it. When Jesus heard it, he, was, he marveled and said to those that followed him, Assuredly, I say to you, I have not found such great faith. No, not in Israel. Okay. So let me prove this one to you. Mr. Paziri, come. Do you see how big Mr. Paziri is? So, if, okay, Mr. Padri, stop. You see how I'm controlling without power, without hands. Because he doesn't need me to go and, Mr. Padri, 
And then when he's Mr. Paziri, I just say, Mr. Paziri, come. And he comes. I say, go, and he goes. Now, imagine, no, Mr. Paziri, stop. Yeah. Imagine one of the children there at the back said, Mr. Paziri, come. <laughs> Would he have gone? Because they don't have authority. I do. <laughs> Mr. Paziri, you can go and sit. <laughs> you see how I ruled just with this. Speak the word only. So that centurion was saying to Jesus, the same way I can tell my people to do what they need to do, you can tell sickness. And when you say to sickness, go, it's got to go. Amen. Amen. That's why even when he cast the fig tree, he said, no one eat fruit from you hereafter forever. And then it had to wither. That's how faith works. So he says here, speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Because I'm also a man under authority and I know how to use the word. And when you speak, it's done. You just speak it, it's done. So verse 13 says, and Jesus said to the centurion, go your way as you believed, so let it be done unto you. Amen. Did you get that? So now if your things are going to change because of the word of faith, you remember Revelation chapter 12, it says they overcame him by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. I want to give you just about three to five minutes where you are going to also make declarations. Where you are going to speak a word over your situation. So let's look at this, Ezekiel 37. I want to show you how it's done. We look at Ezekiel 37. I'll do verse 1 to 14, New King James Version. For the sake of time, I'll read it. But it's Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14. I want to show you something. How the power of words spoken in faith. Okay? And sometimes you wait for others to speak a word on your behalf. But it's better to have your destiny in your own hand. To be a master of your own destiny with your God. Because it's not always that people will talk good about your destiny. Speak what you want to see. So look at this. Ezekiel 37, 1 to 14 in New King James. It says, the hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and he set me down in the midst of the valley and it was full of bones. Then he caused me to pass by them all around and behold, there were very many in the open valley and indeed they were very dry. In what condition were the bones? Very dry. And he said to me, Son of man, can these bones live? <laughs> Imagine if that question was asked to you. The Lord makes you to walk through these bones. It says, and they were very dry. Now he says to you, can these bones live? Now Ezekiel thought, I don't think these bones can live. But who am I to say they can't live if God says they can live? So how did he answer it? He didn't say they can live or they can't live. So he answered, Oh Lord, you know. Amen. Whatever you want is possible, God. Because if you say let these bones live, I know they can live. Amen. 
So he said, oh Lord, you know. Again he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, oh dry bones, hear, hear the word of the Lord. I like that. You see, again, Ezekiel attended my church. <laughs> you see now, here, Ezekiel is being told, even if these bones are like this, the son of, God says to him, son of man, prophesy to the bones. Okay, some of you are waiting for other people, prophesy to me, prophesy. You are the one who must prophesy to your bones, man. He says, prophesy to these bones and say to them, all dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Imagine telling your bank account. Hear the word of the Lord. Because sometimes your, your bank account looks like a dry bone. <laughs> he said, oh bank account, hear the word of the Lord. My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Amen. Bank account. Hear the word of the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Amen. Hear the word of the Lord. As a tither. The Lord says he will open windows of heaven for me. And I will not have room enough to contain the blessing. Bank account. Hear the word of the Lord. Sometimes you even tell your body. If your body is not feeling well. It's not as dry as dry bones. So don't call it dry bones. So you just say, my body, hear the word of the Lord. Amen. By the stripes of the Lord Jesus, you were healed. Amen. Prophesy to those bones and say, oh, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord to these bones, surely I will cause breath to enter you and you shall leave. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you, cover you with skin and put breath in you, and you shall leave. Then you shall know that I am the Lord. God wants it to be known that he is God. He is the Lord. Verse 7. So I prophesied as I was commanded. So we are also going to speak. Amen. I want you to speak to your dry bones. I want you to prophesy and tell them what the word of God says. You know the promises. We keep on teaching you the promises. So take some of those promises and say, hear the word of the Lord. He says, I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was noise. And suddenly, a rattling. And the bones came together. Bone to bone. Did you see what this guy did? Because he was told to prophesy to the bones. To bring life to the bones. Did you see that he did not go and collect bones? <laughs> he just prophesied to the bones. And what happened? Suddenly, there was a noise. And suddenly, a rattling. So can you hear your, the rattling of your miracle? Amen. Can you start hearing? So as you prophesy, you start hearing a noise, a rattling. And the bones came together. Bone to bone. Other versions talk about each bone was going to its place. In other words, if it's the arm, it wasn't coming here. Bone to bone. So it knows what is its right place. Okay? Indeed, as I looked, 
the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. So it seems the miracle has been started, but it's not complete. Also he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man, and say to the breath, thus saith the Lord, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on this slain that they may live. So I prophesied as I was commanded, and breath came into them. And they lived, and stood up on their feet, an exceedingly great army. Then he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. They indeed say, this is what some of you say, our bones are dry, our hope is lost, and we ourselves are cut off. That's how some of you feel. But when it's prophesying time, we're going to speak the word. And therefore, prophesy and say to them, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, all my people, I will open your graves and cause you to come up from your graves and bring you into a land of Israel. And then you shall know that I am the Lord. Then when I have opened your graves, all my people, and brought you up from your graves, I will put my spirit in you and you shall leave. And I will place you in your own land. Then you shall know that I, the Lord, have spoken it and performed it, says the Lord. Are you ready to prophesy to your bones? And actually your situation may not be as dry as Ezekiel's dry bones. But I want you to speak the word over them. And as you speak the word over them, I'm going to join. So let's take about two to three minutes. Speak a word over your situation. Especially the ones that look very dry. And if it's maybe even part of your body, you can even touch that and hear the word of the Lord. Anything. Speak to it. Take the word. You need to know what the word of God says about that situation. Then you declare it. And as we declare, after that I'm going to pray. And if there is any among you who is not feeling well in your body, I also want to pray for you. Amen. So that as you speak to your dry bones, I also want to speak to it. And there must be life. In Jesus' name. Let's stand up. Thank God for the word that we've heard.